The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Lloyd, today we are just thrilled because we are going to be talking with a wonderful guest who was originally from Southern California, Mark B. Borg, Jr. He is a PhD and he's written this book called Don't Be a Dick, Change Yourself, Change Your World. And so this is going to be a wonderful interview. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. He is a licensed clinical psychologist and psychoanalyst who's been in private practice in New York City since 1998. And originally, he came from Southern California, right from Orange County, as a matter of fact. And he moved to New York in 1997 to accept a position of director of psychology at the Fifth Avenue Center for Psychotherapy, a West Village community center in that's probably near where my daughter just just is moving, and he has been there at the. It's been there at the forefront of the community mental health since the early 1960s. Dr. Borg attended graduate school at the California School of Professional Psychology, and he earned his master's degree and PhD in a dual program in clinical and community psychology. And while he was there, he served on a four-year community empowerment project that was developed in South Central Los Angeles in the wake of the 1992 riots. And at that time, he conducted individual and group psychotherapy at the AIDS Services Foundation in Orange County, California, right here. And then when he arrived in New York, he trained in psychoanalysis at the William Allenson White Institute for Psychiatry, Psychoanalysis, and Psychology. And he is the co-author of the book, Irrelationship, How We Use Dysfunctional Relationships to Hide from Intimacy and Relationship Sanity. And then I got his new book, Don't Be a Dick, Change Yourself, Change Your World. So we're just thrilled that you're joining us, Mark. Thank you for joining us from New York. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So what did inspire you to write this book? It's kind of a heavy title here. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Well, uh, I had an epic public meltdown in a work group. A white, uh, the writing group actually that uh, I worked on in relationship and relationship sanity, uh, and at this public event, I'm here thinking I'm seeing what we what we can refer to on the show as jerks. I'm seeing jerks everywhere. Everybody feels like they're against me. I'm starting to melt down. I am lifting myself from the table. I am starting to call out 
other people's bad behavior while increasingly looking more and more jerky, while looking like I'm completely out of my mind at this public <laughs> event at a neighborhood restaurant with my colleagues who I've been working with at the time, I think about six years. So I, 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 it was like one of those suspended moments in time where I almost felt myself lifting up out of my body and looking at myself and saying, what, yeah. Borg, are you doing? And it just so happened as I was looking at myself suspended up there in the air, I also looked a couple of tables over to see some family friends who had witnessed the whole thing. Yeah. So you were, moment, your, your amygdala hijacked you, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So off I go in the limbic system. I'm there in the, the reptile brain, <laughs> just completely out of my mind. But the wonderful thing that I still hold on to, and this is a few years later, is that it, it served as a bottom for me. You know, kind of like the 12-step people talk about a bottom being right. the place where you put down the shovel and stop digging. Yeah. And, and it really worked. I, 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 I've held on to that moment because I really love the people that I work with, and I love them before and I love them after. I, don't, I didn't love them at the time. Right. Uh, and this book is kind of like my, it's my meditation on that moment, and it's kind of an amends. You know, it's an amends for how, how dark things got when I acted like a, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's a catharsis, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it, it kind of is, um, except interestingly, there's, there's, a, there's a whole point in the book where I actually just question sort of the, 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 the use of catharsis as because catharsis can become, as it was for me in that, in that moment, like this way of just getting it out, as, yeah. opposed, as opposed to what I'm hoping people will do with the book is really work through whatever the underlying insecurities are that drive their jerky behavior. Like, this book is really a meditation on helping people see this soft, vulnerable self that then reacts in this terrible behavior. Right, right. I think all of us go through that. You know, I remember when I was going through my divorce many years ago that, um, you know, I had such, I had a tongue that, that could cut through anything, you know, because I was so angry and I could, uh, I could use it and I could say things that I would never say now, you know, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. um, but uh. I, I ended up, you know, really looking at anger and what causes anger, you know, the hurt from the past and all this stuff. I have a master's in psychology, so I have a little mm. bit of knowledge, not as much as mm-hmm. you do, but mm-hmm. a little bit enough to probably be dangerous. And it mm. helps me as a mediator, you know, as an attorney yeah, mediator, yeah, yeah. it helps me. Yeah. But I had, I really, really did not like myself doing that. Mm. And so, and it sounds like, you know, from what you went through, you didn't like what you were doing either. And I That's think, right. and some people just allow themselves and they don't care. That's who I am. Tough, take it or leave it. But when yep. you get to the point where you don't real, it, you realize it doesn't serve you. You realize you don't like it. You realize it doesn't feel good. That's when you can be creative to do something like writing this beautiful book to help others. Yeah, so, that's really a wonderful, wonderful way of putting it. That that's exactly. I mean, you and I really are simpatico. I think in that moment of, you know, like you said, with your, in, you know, going through that painful divorce, and you're 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 just seeing yourself in that kind of behavior. And if you can hit pause and ask, you know, what is this saying about me? You know, again, I'm not letting right. other people off the hook for treating me badly, right. but I'm realizing that if I'm caught up in this, 
that person goes skipping off in their life, and I'm still stuck in this horrible, terrible right. state of self uh, hatred at a certain degree. Yeah, yeah, and you realize that it really doesn't serve you. You know, mm. it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't get you what you want. And so, yeah. So I've created all these acronyms and these, you know, whole approaches to how to deal with anger because mm. I had to learn to do that. It was really yeah. for me. Yeah. And that's like you, you, yours was really for you not to be a jerk in the future. And, and that helped other people not to be jerks in the future either. Cause it's embarrassing and it's, oh. and it doesn't serve you, but, but yeah. it's a blessing in disguise really for you, Mark, that you, that that happened to you because you have the, the skills and the tools to transform that. And that's what's so important. Yeah. Well, yeah. I really, I mean, I really had to go on an odyssey here. You know, it's one thing to take, to take this on. And I really did, if I can use it sparingly, I did at that moment, I literally took this don't be a dick as a mantra. It yeah. literally became my bottom line philosophy of life right then. But at that moment, this is a few years ago, I didn't know exactly where it would take me. And it really became kind of an odyssey. You know, I, I went looking into philosophy. I went looking into you know, psychoanalysis. I looked right. at the 12 step, uh, you know, the 12 step, um, that model, that, that program there it helped me so much right. to kind of get a handle on, you know, how to, you know, these 12 step people, are, are somehow able to, you know, be relieved of the obsession to destroy themselves but right. with whatever substance. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs. Um, and, and, and I got very curious about how they were going about that. And, and one of the first things that someone does when they stop using a substance is they learn how to hit pause. Right. A thing that they do later on is they learn to take inventory. They right. learn to take responsibility for their part of a problem and not to blame the world or anyone else. And I, I was so inspired. Um, and I allowed myself really to open up the inspiration from all these different sources as I was writing this book. And so the book is actually you know, full of um, you know, different kinds of feeding that I got to help me right. learn how to not be a jerk. Right, right. And I, I love it when you said that word pause, because that's the key um, for me. When, when I feel like somebody said something offensive to me or my button gets pushed from something from the past or whatever it is, I have learned to take that pregnant pause. You know, mm. thank God I'm not pregnant, but, but to take that pause and say, oh my God, wait, wait. And then, you know, my next thing is to feel it in my body to just really breathe into my body because my body is ready to do that fight or flight or freeze or whatever, you know, get into that reptilian brain that you were talking about. And that if you can take that pause and breathe and just, you know, learn to make that a habit to pause, that saves me over and over and over again when, you know, because I'm dealing with people in anger, with anger all the time as a mediator and it's it's very contagious and uh, you know anger is contagious so I have to put up my golden shields and then I have to pause and then I have to change that energy within me and once I change the energy within me then you know then it helps to change the energy and everybody around me but but it's good that this happened to you and it's good that it happened to me where I was oh shoot I do not want to be like this this is not the real me inside, you know, and it's not going to work. So, 
So I applaud you for taking something like that because there's plenty of people we know of in politics who, <laughs> who, who are, yeah, I mean, we know this kind of attitude. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> One of them was right downstairs. on. Uh, it was so funny. On Monday, there was a Veterans Day parade right by my office. And I'm telling you, one of those people, I would guess, who you might be talking about, was right outside my office. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, they were play- and, and they were playing the song from the Pirates of the Caribbean as they were strolling by. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> what? I felt like I was in a bad dream. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, my goodness. So we really, uh, you know, I think this is a very timely book because we have so many people out there that are acting like jerks that are, you know, running our country and, and not just our country, other countries. And we've, we've got that. And somebody has to wake up. Now, you know, some people may say, so, you know, you wrote this book, but the people who really need it, are they going to read it? <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're asking the, the million dollar question. So I've got to tell you, and this is true. I, I, I've been, you know, I've been working on this book now for a while. And that, you know, every time I told somebody the title, they'd like, hee, 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 you know, oh, it's such a funny name. And then they'd say, when is it coming out? And I'd say, blah, blah, blah. Cause I didn't know exactly. Um, but then they'd say, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to get a whole pile of those books. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean a whole pile? Why do you need a whole pile of this book? They'd say, Oh, because I'm going to give it, give it to every single person in my office. I'm going to give it to every single person in my family. I'm like, whoa. Okay. 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 So let, let's hit pause. The reality is, if you think you're buying this book for someone else, please read this book. Yeah. Because <laughs> my real approach to this is, if you're seeing jerks everywhere, then your lens is, is, is tuned in. It's finely tuned in such a way that you just might be acting in jerky ways that you're not aware of. Yeah. And again, the one thing I want to reiterate is I'm never in this book. I'm not, I try very hard not to be mean to the jerk. I yeah. try not to be mean because I'm looking at the jerk as a hurt person, as right. a person who's scared, as a person who had some very, very uh, fundamental insecurities that never got addressed properly. So I'm asking the jerk to put the weapons down, including giving this book to someone else. Right. <laughs> you know? That's a weapon. If I give this book to somebody, (laughs) I'm being a jerk. If I read this book and say, oh, my God, I got so much out of it, you, I don't know if you're a jerk or not or a beep, you know. Then there's a kind way to offer this to somebody. But the kindest way is to say, I'm not even talking about the book. I mean, just in terms of our own behavior. Right. Like, you know, like I learned to put it down. And if I'm seeing jerky behavior everywhere, I'm probably either one, a jerk myself who doesn't know I'm inviting people into the, my own bad behavior, or right. I'm really primed to join with other jerks who are only too happy for me to join them. Right, right. And if we have a lot of jerks in our lives, then we're attracting that. You That's know, right. we're attracting that. That's exactly that. right. That is and, exactly and right. And so, you know, there's that too. And then, of course, I get so many jerks in mediation because they're angry. When people are in a lawsuit or they're in some kind of a conflict that they come to me for, they're already in that, you know, limbic system of anger, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I have to really change myself like you have as your subtitle, change yourself, change your world. So I have to change my energy so that I don't buy into that, so that I am not caught into that craziness that they're in, you know? So yeah. that's why, you know, if if we read the book and we're working on ourselves, 
then either we won't attract those others or if we if they are in our lives, they might be more open when they see how we're handling things differently. You know, so, yes. yeah, we're not going to, you know, give it to everybody. Sometimes, you know, you feel like giving it to everybody, but... Uh, yeah, sure. Well, yeah. well, and I think that's, a, that, that's the tendency, right? The tendency is to see this everywhere. And I say, you know, so often a jerk, a jerk is walking through the world, you know, feeling like they're, um, you know, they're really under attack, but really they're under counterattack. You know, their other people are, are attacking them. Yes, you know they, they maybe think, from the past, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, I, I even think in t- I think that's true, big time. I think that's true across the board. But I also think that you know a jerk walks around entitled in a certain way, so they right. don't realize that their behavior is triggering bad behavior from other people. They're pretty consistently thinking they're being attacked, and I say no, you're right. being counterattacked. Right, right. So are a lot of these people who are jerks really all the time that don't get it, would you think that they're narcissists? Or how do you, you know, how do you really, um, you know, diagnose them? Or how do you, how do you see them? I try not to. See, I'm a psychoanalyst. And like one of the things that I see about people, everybody who walks in my door, of course, wants a, they think they want a diagnosis. And what I, and of course, for insurance purposes, I will give a diagnosis. But for the most part, I'm saying you're way too complicated to be, to fit into this label, to be stuffed right. into this, you know, little box called the diagnosis, including narcissist, including jerk or whatever. So what I really say is I'm trying to rather di- than diagnose people with this condition called DITK. What I'm really trying to do is say, look, let's look at this behavior not as what you are, like I'm a jerk, but, but what you do, I have bad behavior. Because I think as soon as we can start to separate ourselves from the behavior, if we can see, I'm Mark Borg, I can be a jerk. I'm Mark Borg, my behavior right there was jerky, but it doesn't mean I'm a jerk, right? Just like I even wrote an article once about narcissism, and I said the same thing. I said, look, most of what narcissism is is a terrible wound that happens somewhere early in our lives, and there's such a deep, horrible insecurity at the core of most people's narcissism that though they act horribly and though they invite all kinds of terrible counter-reactions to them, really they're acting out and getting total confirmation for this world being a dangerous place for them. Mm -hmm. So I know that's hard to say because, you know, the narcissist is so hard to tolerate. I mean, the narcissist, and, and yes, it's unlikely that a real bona fide narcissist is going to drop their guard long enough to see the, the, what's hurting and how much humanity and how much love and compassion he or she needs. Yeah. But, I'm still, but I'll still say the narcissist especially needs the love, as does the jerk, as does the D-I-C-K. Yeah. So why are so many people, like I have people come to me, especially when I do divorce mediation, where they, one of the parties and it, it, sometimes it's a male sometimes it's a female mm-hmm. um so i'm not going to call names of it's men or women whatever but right. they put up with it for years like you know they come to me after a 25 or a 30 year marriage and the person and they say he was always a jerk or she was always a jerk and yeah. why are people putting up with that and so comfortable with it so to speak uh, I hate to tell you this, because this is a terrible, terrible answer, but my sense of this is that in a weird way, 
it's wonderful to have a jerk in a relationship because the jerk then gets scapegoated for everything that goes wrong in the relationship. And a jerk that like the kind maybe you're describing, like let's say they get labeled narcissist or something like this. I mean, that jerk is like a lightning rod for all kinds of terrible, you know, treatment. Of, and, and, you know, you can walk through your life and you can become, you know, really you can have this sacred wound. And what's the wound? I married a jerk. But there's nobody, in my opinion, in my experience, I see lots of couples, and I haven't yet seen a jerk who wound up in a relationship by accident. Right. You know? And, and maybe the task of the person who married the jerk is to recognize that and to treat themselves better. Like, right. I need to treat myself better. I need to stop scapegoating my partner for all the horrible stuff that goes on in the relationship. And I need to understand that the terrible things about myself, I can deal with. I can deal with. Like, I'm hiding out my insecurity underneath this other person's horrible behavior. Because a lot of us, no matter what it looks like, are so terrified that if somebody sees the real me, they will leave me. They will abandon me. And if they leave and abandon me after they've seen the real me, then they've really landed a crushing blow. See, a narcissist, the wonderful thing about marrying the person who acts narcissistically is Mm. they're so full of themselves, they'll never see you. So they're a perfect hideout. If you feel insecure. And, you know, it's, and I work with people like this and help them to see that they're not watching boundaries. And I say, well, you allowed this, you know, take responsibility. And it's not about blame, but if you put up with it, they'll say, I don't know why I put up with this or how did I put up with this for 25 years? And then I say, well, don't blame yourself. Recognize that you allowed it and you weren't watching boundaries. So what boundaries do you need to set? You know, yeah. how do you set boundaries without getting, and most people are afraid, at least the ones that I've dealt with, they were afraid to set boundaries because they thought it would escalate the conflict because yeah. they didn't know how, they didn't have the tools to say, you know, I'm really uncomfortable when you say that. It re- yeah. I'm, fe- I'm hurt. I'm uncomfortable without saying you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, I, and, the, and the other thing I find in that kind of a situation is that when you set those boundaries appropriately and you stand behind them and you act consistently, what happens is jerk, like, gets bored. Like, the jerk wants engagement. Jerks are constantly inviting other people to battle. So if you stop battling, it's kind of like the silly question of how do you get rid of a stray cat? Uh, You don't. You don't feed it. (laughs) Right? So let's not feed this jerk, right? If you don't feed it, they get bored, they they drift off. But even that, but it's still, I mean, I still want to be compassionate because I am not here to indict the jerk. I'm here to say that in that kind of a situation, if there's two people and one looks like a jerk and one looks like a victim of the jerk, I say, let's be very careful because I would never want to strip someone of the responsibility for what's wrong in their relationship because when we take responsibility for what's wrong in our relationship we can do something about it right. if it's all the jerk i'm powerless if it's all the right. jerk then the i'm the victim right i'm a victim right. a total victim and people don't want to be victims they want to be right. victors you know they want to that's be right. able to be in charge of their own lives and but sometimes they they don't see it they don't see that they have the power to say i'm not comfortable with this i'm not going to do this anymore and May, if, if things don't change, I'm leaving. And, you know, so that's that's the part of it that sometimes it takes 30 years for somebody to leave. Yeah. And then they yeah. end up in my office. You know, maybe they end up in your office at, yeah. you know, 28 years. And then, then that doesn't help because they are, they, you know, unless you can help them watch boundaries, uh, yeah. then they end up in my office, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yep. Well, and again, I think, you know, because when it comes to this kind of situation, if there is a willingness, see, in your office, by the time they've gotten to your office, they've probably already proven to themselves and each other that they're not willing to actually do the hard work. But right. if they're in my office, they still have a chance. Right. And I have two rules for people when it comes to this. Two rules. If someone comes in and someone's a jerk and someone's a victim of the jerk, I still say it's always the same. I have two rules if you really want to deal with this. Rule number one, keep the focus on yourself. Right. Rule number two, refer to rule number one. <laughs> that, that, that's how important I think it is. Because as long as we're blaming other people, I don't care how justified. As long as we're blaming other people, including you know, blaming someone for horrible behavior, when I just simply can't get out. It's like people asking me, what do I do? What do I do if I have an ab- abusive boss? Can you please help me uh, raise my tolerance for the abuse? I'm like, look, <laughs> people don't come to therapy to raise their tolerance. People come to therapy to lower their tolerance right. so that they know that they're being hurt. They can take accountability for even being exposed to that, and then they can do something about it, including, right. if necessary, leave. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I always say you have the, you know, the four choices that you have when you're in a difficult relationship. You first can change yourself, right? Work on yourself. Yep. Second, right. you know, you can try and negotiate for change, which which I do with my husband all the time when he's doing something that I don't like or I'm doing something he doesn't like. We sit down and negotiate about like, okay, when you do this, it bothers me. What What are you willing to do? Let's talk about it. Let's try and negotiate for change, which, you know, which is healthy. Or, yep. you know, I can... Um, get up and leave, which is a choice, or Mm -hmm. the last choice is I can be miserable. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And if you sit in that choice for too long, I think that's when it just becomes all too compelling to start justifying jerky behavior. Because all jerks don't act like the typical jerk. All jerks aren't like walking around like calling other people names or trying to trip them on the street or running on front of the line or, or walking, uh, you know, pounding their way into the subway before people get off. A lot of jerks are a lot more quiet. There's really passive-aggressive jerks. Right. There's jerks who just try to make your day miserable very subtly. There's jerks who, like, point out character flaws or, or physical flaws in you and then make you feel horrible. Right. There's some people that, like, stab you with little bits of jerkery and you're like walking down the street later going what why does it hurt so bad yeah like those are the jerks you really got to be aware of it's not the big one pounding his chest on walking down the street ready to thump somebody right it's that quiet little oh what are you wearing you know? yeah, like, yeah yeah then, yeah the put downs <laughs> yeah yeah the oh, put downs well, are the, put the, down. the, the the remarks that just cut right to your heart that's right. The yeah. ones you remember 10 years later. Yeah. The ones that you ask yourself, why didn't I have a better comeback on December 12th, <laughs> 1980? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> well, the thing that I always remind myself, and I think that's really what you're saying, too, is it comes from us, is that, you know, if you have an orange and you squeeze the orange, orange comes out. So if, if you have someone who's angry and it, the anger comes out, it's in them. It's not in us. 
you know? And we have to remind ourselves it's really about them and try and set our own boundaries. I mean, that's something I think we learn our whole life. Boundaries are so tough. But would you believe we are out of time? So I want Whoa. to say the name. Of, wasn't that fast? A fun. It went really fast. It was wonderful oh, talking no. to you. <laughs> so, okay, wonderful book, Don't Be a Dick, Change Yourself, Change Your World by Mark B. Borg, Jr., Ph.D. And, Mark, why don't you just tell people where they can uh well, they can obviously go to Amazon, but tell them your website, and then it's going to be time to go. Okay. I have a, my own personal website, which is ccgny.org. Uh, you can reach me uh, through Psychology Today at the blog, Irrelationship or Relationship Sanity. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, I respond to all of these uh, blogs when people have comments. And uh, if you have any thoughts on the book, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And we will have you back again. So thank have you. a wonderful day. All right. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. you got to fight both night and day. Doesn't matter what some people may say. Don't be the lamb's crap, be the lion's roar Cause love is worth fighting for, I know, yeah Love is worth fighting for Love is worth fighting for